ahead and get started. I think we have basically all regulars here this evening. No alternates. Set next board meeting, time, date, and location, July 10th, Coralville. Yeah. Down, okay, so sounds good. Everybody's calendar pretty well check out for that date. Okay, I'll make it. <laughs> okay, thank you. Now is the time for a person, if they want to have public discussion of any item not on the agenda, they can certainly come forward. I just had one. Uh, Emily Bothell, our senior transportation planner, had her child on the 15th, I think it was. So cool. congratulations to Emily. Everybody's happy and healthy. Uh, she'll be gone until August. Uh, so bear with us. What, <laughs> is, her, what is her child's name? Uh, Jonah. Yep, little awesome. boy Jonah. Hmm. Um, one other thing, Chair, if we could just back up to and do the approval of the meeting minutes. That'd be helpful. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming all of everybody's read the meeting minutes. Any additions or corrections? Not a motion to approve. So moved. Second. Been moved and seconded. Any questions? All in favor say aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Again, ask for any public discussion of any item on the agenda. We'll close that section. 3A. Consider resolution approving the FY 2020 MPLJC Transportation Planning Work Program. Yeah, thanks. Kent Ralston, Executive Director. Uh, good afternoon. Attached in your packet is a draft copy of the complete MPO FY 20 Transportation Planning Work Program for your review. Uh, as I mentioned at our last meeting, the work program includes all locally requested projects that we receive from all of your respective entities, as well as general projects and procedures uh, required by the Iowa DOT the Federal Highway Administration and the Federal Transit Administration. Um, and that is due to all those groups by this coming Friday. Uh, what we'd like from the board today is that you please review the document, let staff know of any modifications or corrections that you'd like to see. Uh, I did want to point out that uh, we did add one relatively large project since you all saw the project list at your last meeting, and that is number 37. Uh, in the work program. It's the last page of the work program. And that is a project to conduct a traffic study of Forever Green Road west of I-380, so near the DOT's new uh, interchange. And that came at the request of North Liberty. Uh, otherwise, it largely looks like it did uh, last year. It's got a financial section. Uh, and then, of course, it's got all the projects and quarters uh, by which we assume we'll get that work done. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Any questions? We have a resolution on that. Yeah, at their May 21st meeting, the Transportation Technical Advisory Committee uh, recommended unanimously for the work program. With entertain establishing a resolution. So moved. Second. Then moved and seconded. Any final discussion or questions? All those in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Next 3B, public hearing. In consideration of amendments to the adopted FY 2019 through 2022 MPLJC Transportation Improvement Program TIP and adding two city highway bridge program projects. Anyone present wishing to speak in regards to those projects? That's not an employee. <laughs> Hearing none, seeing none, it's yours. 
All right, thank you. Uh, Brad Newman, Assistant Transportation Planner. Uh, Iowa City has requested two amendments to the MPO's FY19 TIP. Uh, you remember you approved the FY19 to 22 TIP last year in July. Um, the request is to add two bridge projects uh, that Iowa City had just recently received funding for. And the reason they want them in the FY19 is so they can claim the money now and keep the process going uh, so it doesn't hold things up. Uh, you'll see this project, once we get the amendments into the 19, they'll show up in the FY20, which we'll go over uh, next and the next agenda item. Um, <clears throat> the project, uh, let's see, um, like I said, we'll carry over. Uh, a notice uh, was published. We're required to, for all amendments. We have to post a notice, publish a notice. We did that in the Press Citizen. Um, so that has been done. Um, the Technical Advisory Committee uh, did talk about this amendment and unanimously recommended approval. Uh, and staff is also requesting approval uh, of adding those to the FY19 TIP. Are there any questions? regarding the projects. These are things that come up periodically that um, they don't really, Iowa City, don't, they don't really know they're getting the money until later on and they had no chance to put it in the FY19, so now we're, uh, we need to amend that in, so. Any questions? Okay, we need to, as I understand, do this over two separate amendments, so we'll do that this way. Look, like a motion to for the First Amendment to replace the Second Avenue Bridge over Ralston Creek. Anyone wish to establish that motion? So moved. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Final questions or discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries. Next item would be the amendment to replace the Gilbert Street Bridge over Ralston Creek. Anyone wish to establish that amendment? So moved. Second. Oh, I can't. Can I? She moved, so I can't. Second. Any more bids? <laughs> okay. Any final questions? All those in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Brad, do you have the next one? Consider approval of draft FY 2020-2023 NPOJC Transportation Improvement Program TIP projects. Yes, this is our annual transportation improvement program. And of course, this covers a four-year period and this TIP covers FY 20 to 23. Uh, this document includes all federal and state transportation projects, including both road and transit projects. Uh, the FY 20 to 23 draft TIP projects are attached in your packet. Um, and I'll just like to go through those to point out a few things. Um, all of the FY 19 projects uh, that were not completed in FY 19, they'll automatically carry over to FY 20. Um, we do add 4% to the total of the cost uh, for those projects. And that's recommended by the Iowa DOT since costs go up. We just picked that, uh, it's a standard uh, inflation rate at 4%. Uh, so you'll see that between the 19 and 20, the total project cost did go up. The amount uh, awarded did not go up, just the total project cost. Uh, any projects that are under contract with the Iowa DOT, of course, are removed. So you might see a difference between the two. Uh, some are 
some are missing that's because they're under contract or they've been completed there are two new surface transportation block grants projects included in the f y twenty and they were awarded by the board in march well they were the projects were approved not the t i p uh, they include Coralville's Fifth Street project, which is uh, you were award. They were awarded one million six hundred and fifty thousand dollars in STBG funds. In Tiffin's North Park Road project, which was awarded one point two million in STBG funding. Both of these projects are programmed in FY 2023. Iowa City's Dodge Street Improvement Project, uh, which was also awarded funding by the board in March. And that was $3,750,000 in STBG funds. Um, was programmed in FY24. Um, our, our window of programming was FY23 and 24 for this funding. Um, and the way it worked out, the Dodge Street project, the $3.75 million, was more than what we had targeted per year from the DOT. So it had to go in the second year uh, in order to have enough funding available. So that's why that one was pushed out to 24. Um, and of course, this project uh, will appear in next year's TIP, the FY21 through 24. Now also in your packet in the back, is there's two tables that show our tracking of the STBG and TAP funding. They do show up in that table, so we can keep track of where they're at. The FY24 will not show up in this TIP, however. Um, we also added three new transportation alternative program projects. Uh, the projects include Coralville's Iowa River Trail Replacement Project, and that was $548,000 in TAP funding, and that's programmed in FY21. Iowa City's Highway 6 Trail Project, which was awarded $438,000 in TAP funding, is programmed in FY21 as well. Coralville's Clear Creek Trail Connection Project, it was $212,000 in TAP funds. That is programmed in FY22. And if you remember, we did not award TAP funding two years ago, so we had a four-year window, 21 to, 20, or 21 to 24, uh, to program this funding. Uh, North Liberty's North Liberty Trail Project also received funding, and that was $648,000. $118 in TAP funds, and that's programmed in FY24. And the reason was um, Coralville's Iowa River Trail project had to be programmed in FY21 because they already had funding in FY20. So in order to com combine that funding, it had to be with consecutive years. Once we did that, uh, North Liberty's project amount was so big, it either had to go first or it had to go last kind of thing. And we had to put Coralville's in first, North Liberty's ended up last. We, ha we don't have enough funding per year until we get to 24 to cover that cost. I know it gets confusing, but that, that's how it worked out. And we did talk to the engineers in each community to make sure that that was okay uh, to, to program them that way. Okay, the Iowa DOT has a lot of projects in the TIP as well. Most of those are due to the I-80, I-380 interchange project, and those come and go all the time. They're spending money, they're doing their, their work out there, so those come and go. Uh, and like I said before, the two bridge projects uh, that were amended in the previous item for Iowa City, those will also be included. They're not in there now, but we had to wait to get the amendments approved, and then we'll put them in. 
so they'll be in there tomorrow. Um, the transit TIP uh, is also included, and that in sorry that includes the operating funding uh, that was apportioned by the board in January. And projects approved in the trans transit program of projects, including bus and equipment replacement, that was also approved by the board earlier this year. So those all carried over into that transit TIP. As I mentioned uh, earlier, we do have the tracking tables for the STBG and TAP projects. Uh, in the years out there, all programmed, shows all the carryover amounts and how we track that uh, with the DOT. It does not show any of the DOT's projects. They're only the projects that we have funded through our STBG and TAP funding over the years. Um, the Technical Advisory Committee unanimously recommended approval of the draft TIP project list and staff is requesting approval as well. Are there any questions? Any questions for Brad? We'll come back in July with the final uh, TIP. Uh, this is just the draft project list that we have to include. And then this will go to the DOT by June 15th. Uh, and they'll review the draft, get comments back, and then we'll bring it back to you at our next meeting in July. So we don't really need approval at this time, correct? We would like approval. We would like yes. approval would still of, like of, the of the draft list. Correct. Of yeah. the draft, all right. Correct. Any other questions for Brad? <clears throat> Motion to approve the draft. Thank you. Is there a second? Second. It's been moved and seconded. Any other questions or discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed? Motion carries. Brad, the next one's yours. Update on the Cranley Passenger Rail Study. Yeah, well, we're having some issues there, uh, as you know, uh, working with uh, HDR, the consultant, the Iowa DOT, and the Cranick Railroad. Um, we've had some issues regarding the methodology for the ridership uh, assessment and the data collection. Um, we have had some contact with HDR and Cranick. Um, HDR has proposed some things, um, and Cranick is dealing with some of that. It's really their contract. It's not our, con our contract. So, um, but the Cranick wanted the opportunity to respond to HDR's comments uh, on how we should proceed. Uh, and DOT has weighed in on that, on that as well. So we're, we're hope for, hopefully we're close uh, to getting something in place. Unfortunately, the data collection probably would not start until the fall. Uh, probably would take uh, quite a while. We're probably looking at another year for any results. Unfortunately, we've, we, you know, we had the uh, trail study completed. We wanted those done at the same time so we can analyze them both at the same time. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, so we're still pushing forward uh, with that. Uh, the good news is we did get to take a train ride mm -hmm. uh, from North Liberty to Iowa City. Uh, each community was invited. Uh, I see some of the folks here tonight were on the train. Um, we, it was an opportunity for us. Uh, the DOT commission came down to Cedar Rapids for their annual or their quarterly meeting, I believe. Um, and one of the things they did was put them on the train in North Liberty and brought them down to Iowa City. So I got to ride with the commission. Uh, it was good discussion on the way. There's a lot of interest there. So and on the way back, we invited all of you um, or representatives from each community uh, to ride from Iowa City up to North Liberty. So it was a good ride. Uh, it was smooth. It was real slow. It was 10 miles an hour, but uh, that's all the faster we could go. So, it still got here faster than I can drive from that's true. Iowa City. That's true. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the, the idea, once I think we get the wrinkles worked out with the, the contract, is to have something much bigger. You know, if the third and final study comes back and it's positive, uh, the idea was to always have something much bigger where we could invite pretty much anybody and everybody that wants to attend. Um, the train cars hold quite a few people. So, But this one was just kind of low-key and just wanted to get some uh, represent representatives excuse me, from each community on the tracks so they could sort of see it with their own eyes and know what we're talking about when the, when the study is finally completed. Any questions for Brad? Questions? Like I said, well, hopefully we have better news next time that uh, the study's back underway again, so. Okay, thank you, sir. Thanks, Brad. Okay, Sarah, update on Bike to Work Week and Month. Hi, Sarah Walls with the MPO. Um, we're winding up Bike Month, which is May. Um, each year, communities and the county within the MPO uh, sign proclamations to recognize Bike to Work Week and Bike Month, and we did that again this year. And then local businesses, uh, nonprofits, bicycle advocacy groups, communities, and schools organize a range of events to celebrate bicycles. This year, there were 25 official Bike Month events, ranging from community slow rolls to a bike shop hop that went all the way from North Liberty to Iowa City. There was the New Pie Co-op to Co-op Ride, which is a big event that connects Iowa City to Coralville. And the Iowa City Bicycle Library, in celebration of its 15th anniversary, held a, a quinceanera with a mariachi band and a taco truck. So if you weren't there, you really missed out. <laughs> um, all of these events, I should say, we don't take responsibility for these. These are all um, coordinated with Think Bicycles of Iowa City and ICAD. And it's really the individual groups that put them on. Um, in addition, I should say, nearly every elementary school in the Iowa City Community School District hosted a bike rodeo, um, and several schools participated in the National uh, Ride to School Day on May 8th. Um, one event that was scheduled for Bike Month but was postponed due to rain is the official opening of the expanded uh, Woodpecker Single Track Trail in Coralville. Um, they've doubled the size of that trail system. It's now six miles long, and it's accessible from the Clear Creek Trail. And that opening is now scheduled for um, June 6th at 5.45 in the evening. So um, you can get there off of... Um, uh, um, Camp Cardinal Road um, at the at the Tom Harkin Trailhead, and finally, hot off the presses, um, I've put the new trail maps for all of you. The MPO, the Metropolitan Area Trail Maps, um, we'll begin delivering uh, maps to your communities, to rec centers and parks and um, stores and libraries and every place else. Um, possibly this week, definitely early next week. Um, I just want to compliment, we, for the last few years, we've tried to always represent some bicycle group on the front of the map. And I think this year's um, is the best cover we've ever had. And this little girl is a Twain Elementary student. She is part of the We Ride program, which is the Women's Empowerment Ride. And that's um, a group that um, encourages girls and women to ride. And there's a group, I was telling Louise from, um, a group of the girls that participate in the program um, ride from Pheasant Ridge to Weber School. Every Wednesday morning, they lead a ride, um, a bicycle ride. So that's a great group. And it's organized through 
the Bicycle Library, and the Neighborhood Centers of Johnson County. I just want to say finally that we print 10,000 of these maps and we distribute them through all those places. But in the last few years, we've started distributing a lot of them through um, the Convention and Visitors Bureau takes them to hotels and shops. Also, we get no are now getting a lot of requests from realtors. Um, because new homeowners are interested in their area trails. Mm -hmm. So I, I just note that because um, the trails and the bicycle facilities that we build are an economic development tool. So that's it. Evening for Sarah. So great job. Thanks. I have to agree about the cover. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Update North Liberty staff, Ryan. I've got mm -hmm. just a couple slides for you here uh, outlining a few projects that we're working on this summer and it's I've lost my center here let me uh, so the first one uh, is a roundabout uh, project out by Christine Grant Elementary School and actually there are a number of components here uh, that are that are crucial to this project, but we're building two roundabouts, one at the Penn Front inter intersection and the other then at the South Slope entrance, if you're familiar with where South Slope is. That also will line up with the new Christine Grant Elementary, the street that accesses the elementary school. So two roundabouts there uh, scheduled to be open by August, I think 15th, so a week before school opens. Now the contractor has a fairly large incentive to get it done by the end of July, so we're hoping that they'll do that, but obviously this rain has, has really hampered uh, that all of our projects, but this one in particular. Uh, the, uh, the map uh, on the left there is showing the several points uh, uh, on this project, the two roundabouts, of course. And we're also do, actually doing some site improvements further west on Penn Street uh, before the roundabout. Uh, that's been a tricky area. We have a school crossing there. Uh, so we're going to be lowering the grade so that it's much easier to see when you're in a vehicle and when you're uh, on a bike and walking for that matter. And then the final piece of that is North Bend Drive. And I, I think I have another shot of that, a little better a close up. But as we reroute traffic, so North Bend Drive connects to, to uh, Dubuque Street. It's right by Centro, if you're familiar with, with that company. Uh, and this was actually a, a goal established by the City Council after we found out Christine Grant uh, was going to be located off of Front Street. This will provide a second exit or access, excuse me, to that elementary school. It'll also help us with a detour route when we have to shut down uh, Front Street as we finish that, uh, uh, as we finish those roundabouts. Uh, so th that's a very busy area right there. Uh, this particular project is, is much smaller. Uh, it's, so it's not connected with the, with the uh, Front Street roundabout projects. They're actually on schedule. Uh, and uh, again, there's just not that much work there. So we hope within the next 20 days they'll be out of there and we'll be ready to, to route that detour. A couple other projects actually, uh, this one is closer to, uh, fairly close to uh, Penn Street as well. This is Main Street. And I, this, this street doesn't get a lot of traffic. But uh, I, I wanted to bring it up because of how we're funding it. After the gas tax was increased in, I think it was 2013, the city council at the, t the time decided to take that extra revenue and set it aside 
uh, and fund projects with cash on hand as, as we were able to build up uh, some cash reserves. So this is our second project uh, that we're able to fund with those revenues. Uh, and if you're familiar with where Red's Ale House is, it's just west of Red's. Uh, and it's also uh, located adjacent to where our new police station is being constructed. So we felt it was important to get this project done before having that, before having the police station finalized or uh, finally completed. Uh, again, a uh, little bit behind schedule here, uh, 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 but they're, uh, we know they're working diligently. We, uh, we've been keeping in close contact with Reds. Obviously, this has an impact on their uh, parking there. Uh, and that project should be done. I just got an email today, I think, by the end of July. And then a couple other projects uh, on the other side of town, close to, close to 380. Uh, we have two things, several things going on out there, actually. We're just finishing up the Kansas Avenue extension, uh, and that's what you're seeing here. Uh, we improved Kansas Avenue from Forever Green Road to St. Andrews Drive, and we owe a number of, of organizations some thanks on that, one being the DOT. Part of this was funded by the RISE grant, about $3 million. And both the county and the city of Corville submitted a letter uh, of support for this project. This project came up when Geico decided to move to North Liberty, and we felt we really needed that second access uh, from 380 uh, for, for the Geico employees and for the other employees out in that area. So uh, a big thanks to those folks. Uh, the DOT is essentially paying half uh, of, of the projects out there. But like I said, we're just finishing up with that. Uh, in fact, I think we're going to have a, I think we've had the final walkthrough and just have a few punch list items remaining. The bigger project out there, as you're all aware of, is the interchange, the I-380 interchange project and the extension, uh, I shouldn't say extension, but the reconstruction of Forever Green Road. Again, partnering with the IDOT, they're taking on the entire bridge project, ramp project. I believe that's still on schedule to be done by the end of the year. Uh, so that's good news. And then they're helping us paying a portion of uh, the improvements to the local Forever Green Road. Uh, and that's crucial, obviously, because they're going to be uh, taking some detours. I think they call it diversion routes down Forever Green and down Coral Ridge. Uh, so it's important to have those projects done before that happens. So I, I won't take any more of your time unless you have any questions, but those are kind of the, the bigger projects that are happening uh, in North Liberty this summer. Uh, and we're looking forward to some dry weather so we can um, mm -hmm. get these things done. Thanks. I, I don't have a question as much as a comment and well, maybe, maybe there will be a question at the end of it. Um, Regarding the roundabout in front of the elementary school and, and um, South Slope, um, it new experience for me. I love roundabouts. Um, I think the best one in the county is the one that you did by North um, by the high school, and um, they're good at roundabouts, bad roundabouts, as we know. Um, but I was coming in from Coralville recently, and I was on Twelfth Avenue right by North Central. Where the, you know the roundabouts just it it does yes. yeah. like that, mm -hmm. um, L shaped, and it happened to be a time when pe parents were picking up kids. It was four o'clock in the afternoon, and so they were backed up into the roundabout, and then cars coming from the other way that were going there, it ended up being completely blocked, and then it started backing up down Twelfth Avenue and down Forever Green, and. Um, you know, it's kind of like people stopping on a city street 
to wait to pick up their children. And um, I, I know it's probably a school district thing, but maybe there could be strong suggestions from the city that if there are policies established about where pickup takes place, and that's not where it should happen. I, I know they're coming into the parking lot, but they have a parking lot off to the west where parents could be routed, and you go wait there, and your kids walk a few. You know, they might get a few raindrops on them, but walk over there and get in the cars rather than creating this very dangerous situation. And I think over there, it might be even potentially more dangerous. So again, I do think it's a school thing sure. that they need to establish with signage and policies and stuff about where pickup happens. But if you could make sure that they're strongly encouraged that it doesn't happen right where that kind of bottleneck is created, because they will have a parking lot. So there will be a place, perhaps, that that could happen. We actually spent a lot of time talking with the school district about that during the site plan process. And so they've made some changes within their parking lot to accommodate more of the uh, traffic and more of those that are waiting to pick up their kids. So I can't promise you that it's not going to be congested there. It's an elementary school at 8 o'clock, or, or is it? Yeah, I think it's 8 o'clock. And whenever they get out. I've been in the North Central line before. My daughter goes to, to uh, North Central. So I forget what time these elementary schools start now. But it, at any rate, they've accommodated some of that in their site plan. Uh, so we think uh, that we'll be, uh, that we'll have that under control. But again, it, there's still going to be some congestion just like there is at, you know, every other but, elementary. But my whole point is that with some planning and some, you know, I, th I think the schools yeah. need to be in on it too. There shouldn't be backup into the streets. Yeah. They need to find a place on site, not on the street. You go over there, you park, and make your child walk a little bit. I, I'm not all that sympathetic about kids walking a few feet sure. to get to a car. You know, they don't have to be right there. And it, it, the, the danger that is created. Um, because then you had people trying to climb. I, I was sitting there and I thought I should be videoing this, um, climbing up onto the roundabout itself, and I think that that's potentially much more dangerous than a child walking. You know, mm -hmm. however many yards it is, on a sidewalk, cross in the parking lot to where their parent is parked. And we've had some of those conversations, but I'm sure we'll at the first after the first day. I'm sure we'll have to revisit it as well. Yeah, but okay. see, that's the thing: you plan ahead and don't now, do it, wait till the first day. I think day. we do a pretty good job of that. The hard part is, and I'm one of these parents, but it's uh, getting the parents to understand it as well. And for some context, also, Lisa, the school board changed their busing policy three school years ago, so we have a similar issue at Penn Elementary uh, on Dubuque Street. Uh, at Garner Elementary right now on Front Street uh, when school is starting and when it's ending. So what happens at North Central is um, unfortunately happen happening in other places as well. The busing changes took kids that would normally be on a bus um, and it took that away from them. So it caused parents to either uh, pay out of pocket for busing or for them to take them to school. So it's created more cars on the road in parking lots uh, on those adjacent streets There's to two, get those kids. Miles. 
yes, for elementary schools it is, and for junior highs now it's uh, it's three miles. So um, you do have some. I think it's three miles for junior high. It is. It is yeah. three miles. So those had immediate impacts on us in, on an infrastructure standpoint. So we couldn't control what happened at North Central, Garner, Van Allen, and Penn Elementary. But what we were able to do was Ryan indicated work with Grant as they were coming online because we now have this busing policy and a new school that we can help to um, manage that parking lot issue. Yeah. And again, and I understand that. I, I was actually aware of that change uh, at the elementary school, but not at the junior high. And they think that with it's got to be from the, the school district itself, but plan for it and create right from the get-go where you park. Park, not stand in a line with yeah. your engine idling and in a line that backs up. And they can, it can happen. I mean, can and I'll just make one comment on the plan. You can, your plan is only as good as the people you that are willing to follow it. it. And here's a great example. I think I heard someone earlier talking about the the. Um, West graduation. It was me. Yeah, which yeah. I was, my son graduated as well. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a plan, and they got, they tried to get everybody into the tunnel, but people weren't listening. And it, I mean, there was some frustration there. Uh, and other, you know, obviously they couldn't pull them by the arm and drag them in there, but it's not all on the district, I don't think. It's also on the parents to make sure they're following the plan. And speaking as a parent that has endured many frustrating pickups, it, it, it yeah, it's it's it is it's like a matter of just. I, I do think there needs to be a lot of communication that happens, and and it's gonna there's gonna be some some learning curve there, as especially since it's a new school and it's a it's a whole new um, area. But I think as much communication as early. As possible will will help, and it, it's it's it, it will probably be rough those first few weeks or so, for sure. Any other comments or questions? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Lastly, any concerns by the group up here that they would like to talk about? If. If not, I just had a few things. There's uh, two attachments that were in your packet. Uh, they're both DOT notice of funding availability. The first is for the railroad revolving loan and grant program, and the second is for the state rec trails program. Uh, we also shared these with your staffs at our committee meeting last week, but I wanted you to be aware of those as well. And also that they, the timeline for both these is pretty condensed. Uh, the railroad uh, grant program is due June 21st, and the state rec trail is July 1st. So if you have any uh, projects in mind, uh, certainly be talking to your staff as soon as possible. Very good. Any other items? A little off topic, but I want to tell invite everyone again to the open house for our police chief, Troy Kelsey, tomorrow evening from 5 to 8 at City Hall. There'll be refreshments, and come stop by and say hi. Thank you. You bet. Nothing else? Motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Moved and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 All opposed. Motion carries. Meeting adjourned. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys.